Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in for another Now What Wednesday episode. I'm your host, Jessica Stevens, and today we have a fantastic show for you that's going to make you laugh um, because we have funny lady Merit Khan in the house today, and she is sharing her I Just Produced a one-woman show, Now What Story, which is about her journey of producing a one-woman comedy show, but is packed full of so many amazing lessons. And she's going to be sharing, you know, some key things that she learned along the way of finding some funny things um, from her life and putting it together um, as a comedy show for everybody. She has this fantastic equation uh, that she'll be sharing later on in this episode that I just think is a game changer and an amazing tool. So listen out for it. Um, You will know it when you hear it. And uh, send me a message on Instagram at jess.loves.life and let me know what you think of this equation and if you're going to start applying it to your life um, and see what the shifts are going to be for you. So as um, I was listening back to this episode to get it ready to um, go live, I was thinking about other comedians and other funny people out there who actually have been amazing conduits for life lessons. And one that comes to my mind recently is David A. Arnold. Um, The Hubs and I watched his comedy special on Netflix not too long ago. It's something that he and I love to do is to watch comedy shows and go go to comedy shows. It's it's the form of entertainment that we really enjoy. And David A. Arnold has a, a special on Netflix called It Ain't for the Week. So if you haven't gone to see that show, please do. Um, and it was just so sad to hear about his passing recently. Um, such a talented human being and definitely a life cut way, way too short. So please go watch that um, episode after you listen to this one. So today on the show, Merrick Khan, who is the president and CEO of Select Sales Development, author of Myth Shift, Changing the Truth About Sabotage Success, and co-host of the Smarter Sales Show podcast. As a certified emotional intelligence coach and a certified speaking professional, Merritt delivers keynotes for conferences and sales kickoffs, consults with sales-driven companies to get and grow new business, and provides virtual and on-site training programs for entrepreneurs and sales teams. In her spare time, she performs stand-up comedy and entertains audiences with her inspiring one-woman comedy show, Book of Merit, which she wrote and produced. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friend, did you just think to yourself, I just love this podcast, now what? Well, I hope you do, and if you did, I got the answer. 
become a patron and support the show. For just a $5 financial gift a month, you can access episodes early and without ads. Plus, you'll be entered to win our monthly Patreon giveaway, like books and courses from our guests and some fun merch. For just a $10 a month contribution, you'll become an all-access patron and also get bonus exclusive content from me and some of our guests. Behind the scenes, Q&A, bonus questions, all of it. So head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank and now what? Or click on the link in the show notes and become a patron today. Well, hello, Merritt. How are you? I'm doing great, Jessica. Thanks for having me on the show. I am so delighted to have you here and to have this really fun conversation today about what sounds like a really fun time of your life. And uh, we're going to talk about the time where you wrote, directed, and produced and starred in a one-woman show. That's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Talk about wearing all the hats, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. I think it's one of those things where you're so naive about all the things that go into producing a one person show that you're like, oh yeah, sure. How hard could that be? And then you get into it and you're like, oh my God, if I had any idea of all the steps that were involved, like there's no way I would have started. It's one person, but it's like 12 roles, right? Well, I I joked about it afterwards and I thought it takes a lot of people to produce a one woman show. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. It's not one woman at all. (laughs) I had a co-writer. I had a director. I had a sound and light guy. I had people who were ushers at the performance. I had a videographer and a photographer and a web person helping with the ticket sales, a PR guy. I mean, it was there's a lot. Let me tell you, it takes a village, right? That is not just in raising children. It is about producing anything in life. It takes a village. All right. So let's rewind the tape to what what happened and what inspired you to do this show. What was going on in your life then that you're like, yeah, let's, let's do this crazy thing. Well, let's see. I uh, I had gotten divorced in 2017 after a very happy eight-year marriage that lasted 17 years. <laughs> and I think I was it, just in a headspace where it was like, let me just, I want to do all the things that I felt so suppressed earlier. And I just didn't, I didn't, I just wasn't living my best life. We'll say it that way my 50th birthday was approaching. And I think that's just always one of those milestones. It's not like just any birthday, but 50 was a big one. And so in 2019, December would have been my 50th birthday. And somewhere in along the line, I think it was the beginning of the year. I, I was in a, I was in this yoga class and the instructor had us do this exercise, you know, when you're sort of in um, Shavasana and you're just kind of like lying there. And it was a it was a very deliberate, longer meditation that she was leading in that time. And it was beginning of the year. So it was all about like, what are you creating, you know, for your future? And without any I didn't conscious thought about it. She had us come out of that experience. And then we went right into a journaling exercise. And I found the words I was writing on the page were about, I see a large audience. They're all laughing. I'm feeling more confident and inspiring. And I'm inspired by 
what I've created. I didn't even have the language for it, but I I just felt like I, I knew I was performing somewhere. And since that's very consistent with what I do in my life as a professional keynote speaker and you know, entrepreneur and sales expert, I'm often speaking to large groups in a professional sense, but this was definitely not that. It wasn't, I didn't see myself in that same vision. It was definitely a entertaining venue. And I just sat with it for a little while. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I didn't know I saw that in my future. And I don't know, right around the summer, I was having lunch with a girlfriend, my friend Nora, and she had done this thing where she had 50 things that she was going to do before her 50th birthday. And so she was telling me about some of the things that were on her list. And I started writing my list and there was only two things on it. One was, I want to go back and travel like I did when I was 24, Southeast Asia, which as it happens, I am leaving in three weeks. So check that off the box. And then it literally said, I'm performing a one woman comedy show. And I didn't know I wanted that until I saw it appear on the page. I don't know how else to explain it. (laughs) Okay. So literally like you were in a meditative state and this vision of what you wanted to achieve just kind of came to you. Yes. And I am a person that believes that everything that we do in our lives, every experience gets us a little bit closer to being able to fulfill on that dream. I also don't think that we get a dream or a vision or a goal, right? Even I don't think we would have the ability to set a goal that is outside of what we are able to manifest, to actually create, to execute. Mm-hmm. I've never had the dream of, I, I want to be in the NBA. Like I'm five feet, nothing. This is not going to happen for me. Right. Also can't shoot a basket. So, all right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Hence never got that dream. But if I had those skills, then I could potentially have the capacity to have a dream like that. And so I feel like everything I've done in my life from cheerleading to being in all the school plays to being a speaker, you know, being an expert in sales because producing a show is 90% of that is, is selling it. So I feel like all of those things led to the opportunity to actually be able to fulfill on this dream that I had, you know, and I've always been a writer. I've always, I've journaled throughout my entire life. So I could easily mine my life for the stories. I didn't know when I was journaling for like 10 minutes every night before I went to bed, that there would be stories and things that I would draw from in those moments that later I would turn into a hilarious and inspiring theater piece that could help other people find the stories in their own lives. And so, you know, it's not like I set out to create that. It's just because I had done those things, this opportunity was available to me. Wow. I love that. I love the fact that, yeah, I'm a firm believer that the universe is conspiring with us to put the checkpoints in our path for us to like ding, like in a video game, you know, we're here to get to like go and collect those coins to unlock that next thing. Like I'm a firm believer that the universe nudges us down those different paths to be like, go get the gold coins over there. You're <laughs> going to need them to save the princess. So, okay. That's how the idea came about. So now you're like, I have an idea. I want to write a one woman, one woman show. Now what? 
what was that like for you? What steps did you have to go through to actually fulfill this now, you know, manifested dream? Well, in 2014, I took a stand-up comedy class. And that's the original dream. Even though I had the concept and I could see lots of people laughing in a theater, I didn't see, I didn't know yet it was going to be a one-person show. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the original intention was 50 minutes of original stand-up comedy for my 50th birthday. And I was just going to rent a bar, wear an outfit, have the stool and the microphone and the glass of whatever I was drinking and just do 50 minutes of comedy. As I started writing, I was sharing the material with my dad. And my dad has always been involved in community theater. He's an incredibly talented director, actor. You know, he just sees a much bigger vision. Mm -hmm. And so when I was sharing with him some of the jokes that I wrote, he said, you know, because these are not like standard, like set up punchline tag, like a stand-up set. Some of them were more stories and some of them were, because I'm a, you know, a keynote speaker, I have lots of stories that would hopefully inspire you to see more for yourself. And so there were messages and it was much more than just a stand-up set. Not to minimize that, it's incredibly difficult to write a stand-up set. So my dad said to me, you know, I think you have the makings of a one, well, one woman show. I see a costume changes. I see sets. I think that there's much more to what you've written. And I thought, that's interesting. I wonder how that would work. And I, you know, like you have that initial instinct, like, oh, no, that'll never happen. And then you think, maybe, like, why not? And I played with the idea. I I broke up my life into five decades. I looked for the lessons that I learned in that decade, the people who were important and showed up for me in that decade, the things that made me laugh, the challenges I faced the stories that I remembered and I wrote decade by decade. And then each decade really had its own theme to it. And then there were these through lines that just popped off the page. Like the things that I created for my life in my decade four were actually things that were set in motion in my very early years. And It's really amazing experience to mine your life for the stories that made you who you are. And so one of the themes of the show, and I was super happy to hear one of the audience members who was not somebody that I knew personally, she said on a video, which is my uh, my promo video now, she said, the story was about the journey back to who she's always been. And I could relate to that. And I just, I mean, I was so touched by what she had experienced just by watching my comedy show. And that's when I realized, well, at first it was just going to be one-time performance. I was just, it was like a birthday party I was throwing for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I thought. Fabulous idea for a party, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And, and now it's kind of like, you know, I just blink. And then what the next piece of the puzzle is I do have a vision for doing like a a two-day retreat for women, primarily, I think my vision is that it's women Mm -hmm. who are at a crossroads in their life, or they just, you know, maybe they have a big birthday coming up or they're, they've gone through some transition and they want an opportunity to find the stories in their own life, to see their life and transform your future by looking at your past through the lens of comedy And that's really what I did. I took all the stories, the painful things, the challenging things, 
the ups and downs of life. And I literally rewrote my life story as a comedian would tell it. And I think that has fundamentally changed my entire future because things that bothered me, burdens I would have cared that I did carry around for many years now became a lot lighter because I could add, you know, the humor to it. And I'm not suggesting there aren't things in our lives that, you know, like we can't turn everything into a joke. There's like heart wrenching things. Yeah. There's and, trauma that, that yeah, needs to stay a absolutely. capital T and not be something else. Yeah. Yeah. But I think while we need everything else to be lighter so that those traumas that are legitimately heavy, we have the bandwidth for them. And so if I can be somebody who helps you see the light in some difficult experience, that can shift your entire perspective moving forward. I'm actually working with a professional comedian, an amazing comedian who's produced a show on Showtime and she's like an incredible talent. And she is helping me like fine tune the script and work with the direction. And I'm going to relaunch the show. I'm taking it on tour starting the end of 2022. We're going to launch in Denver in November. And then I'll tour some different cities in 2023. And my hope is that there'll be a few people here and there that want to experience a weekend of How do we make this not about, you know, the show is about my life, but it's really all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And if you can leave the theater and see a new possibility for your future, just by seeing that I've been able to laugh at the challenging things that happened in my life, then mission accomplished. Oh my God. I love that. And that resonates with me personally on so many different levels. It's one of the reasons why I started this show was because I had so many fill in the blank moments that I wanted to share with others through this show. And that's what my guests do too. It's kind of like, let's look in the past and let me tell you about this time. And it was a doozy of a situation. Let me tell you, but here's how I move forward. Here's how I figured out what to do next and how to do that and process it forward. You just kind of wrote it all down and encapsulated it in a, in a one-woman show. And I've just decided to produce 50 episodes over two seasons and three seasons, right? But it's yeah. the same concept of us looking back in our past, finding those stories, finding those core memories that have really turned, have been instrumental in who we have become now. Yes. And going back and maybe editing and rewriting some of those to make them a little bit lighter so that future events we can handle. Exactly. Or look at them in a different perspective and and change the glasses that we look at things because we've always looked at stuff through the lens. This is my POV. This is because of my experience. But now you can change the glasses. Exactly. hundred percent. You know, we, we get to choose, you get to choose what you decide something meant, you know, there's what happened and then there's the drama or the story that we create about it. And, you know, one is not more true than the other. Like what happened is what happened. Everything else we just made up. So why not make up something that serves you? Why not make up something that makes you laugh? It's much easier. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. I I was about to ask. I'm like, give me an example of something and then how you made it funny. So here's, this is true story last week on the 15th. So as we're recording, this would have been June 15th. I was literally on my way 
to do a presentation at a personal injury law firm, a business develop, like how can they be more business development focused in addition to their marketing? Like what else could they do? And I remember going to bed the night before and I was thinking, all right, what's my opening joke? Like, how am I going to warm them up for this, to be open to this presentation, this message? Wouldn't it be funny if I got into a car accident on my way to the personal injury law firm? Like, that would be funny. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) I am not kidding you. I was literally five minutes away from their office and got rear-ended. Now I'm laughing about it because I'm not badly hurt, little stiff, little physical therapy in my future or present and future, but thankfully I'm going to be fine. Some damage to my car, but it's drivable. Like he had insurance, like it'll all get worked out, right? Nothing was, nothing was like traumatic, but it was like, I had to look at the whole thing. Like I could have focused on in the moment, like, oh my God, my car, I love this car and drama, drama, drama. And that's what I could have spread out in the world. But I just, I mean, I'm a comedian. So I was just like, yep, I couldn't come up with a better, like some people will do (laughs) research. How can I relate to this audience? (laughs) Literally now I am their client. Well, that's one way to get new business. Everybody on their way to your office gets rear-ended. That's not a good recipe. But my point is once you learn to see life through the lens of comedy, Once you learn the skills, the strategy to be able to write your own story, once you learn to take that 360 degree view, well, I guess that takes you back to where you are, but looking all the way around, like top of the mountain, looking at all of the, like the ridiculous, stupid things you could think about it to the the choice that you're going to make about what that meant. Once you learn the formula for that, you cannot unlearn it. And then what I noticed happening for me when I got more deliberate about this practice, because I was looking to teach it, I needed to document it. I needed to like, what's the step-by-step? How did I, how did I learn to think this way? Cause I did not think this way earlier in my life. Now my whole perception after studying comedy was really about, you know, they say tragedy plus time equals comedy but nobody said it had to take a long time. So what if we could have a tragedy, we could apply a formula and get to the comedy faster than we might have otherwise. And that's the name of the game. I love that. That is truly a great way to look at things and a tool that would be so helpful to so many people, especially if they maybe characterize themselves as, you know, worry warts or pessimists, you know, those people who just generally are either complainers or always see the unfortunate side of situations. Like if they had this tool that they could then apply and get them to that other side and see the funny and see the joke. And even if it's not all the way to, well, let's see the positive in the situation. Cause like, that annoys a lot of people like look on the bright side of things. And you're like, yeah, but if, you know, if it's not like, okay, let's see the positive of this. Let's see the joke in this. Yeah. That's the funny in this. Let's just lighten it up a little bit. You know, um, I do a lot of emotional intelligence training and coaching. I use an assessment in my business life and people are always trying, like optimism is one of the things that we can measure and assess. And I'm, I'm always telling people like, look, if you, 
let's say on a score of zero to 100, 100 was high. And if somebody scored, you know, like a 70, they would look at that and go, oh, I'm not optimistic. And I'm like, okay, we're not trying to go from 70 to 100. Let's go from 70 to 75. What would that look like? How would how would life improve? And then we'll go to from 75 to 80. And it's really just these slight shifts. So it's the difference between answering a question like, I never see the bright side to I sometimes see the bright side. Mm-hmm. I'm capable of seeing the bright side. I occasionally see the bright side. That's just enough to be on the right track. And I think that, you know, that's another gift that kind of happens when you watch my one woman comedy show is you see like, as I'm telling you a funny story about it, you would have to also see like, she had to, she got a phone call that like legitimately could have ended her life. And then like, before she hung up the phone, she was laughed. Like she, she asked a, a different question and that created a lighter moment for the audience. Mm-hmm. So I show you in the show in real time, like how I did this. And then you, you really get a chance to see, like, I could do that. She could do that. I could do that. I am nobody that special. Like there's nothing about my life that isn't the same as anyone else's, right? We all have our, our traumas and and dramas and stuff. And, you know, the faster you can find the funny, the easier things go. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So um, is there anything from the experience of producing this show that is, I I guess, an example of some of the comedy (laughs) that went into the show? Like, because I can't imagine this was an easy feat, right? Yeah. You had the idea, but then you're like, okay, now I got to write it. Like, what were some of those hurdles in getting this show produced that you had to face that actually taught you some of those same lessons that you were preaching in the show? <laughs> okay. That's a good question. There's a couple layers to that. So I think, first of all, I had written a lot of stand-up comedy about my marriage that when I started studying comedy, I was married. Two years later, it was going down the divorce path. And then there was dating stuff. But I think, you know, I mean, certainly my ex and I did you know, all the things that you do to save a failing marriage, all the therapy things and all the things. And (laughs) what I didn't realize at the time was the regular meetups I had on a weekly basis with other comedians was way better than any therapy appointment that I had ever had. I am not dissing therapy. I'm a big, I'm a proponent of that. Yeah. Yeah. But as a compliment to what a therapist was able to share with me and help me see from a, from that standpoint, my comedian friends, I would write about things that frustrated me, which at that time was hundred percent my marriage. I was actually processing my frustrations with comedians and we were looking for those, oh my gosh, that's, you know, that is like this other thing. Now I'm not thinking of a perfect example, but like one joke that came out of that was, you know, I like to, after the divorce, I'd like to say we have an open divorce. It's like an open marriage. We argue with each other and only sleep with other people. <laughs> you know, it's like, huh, how is this like that? There were lots of different uh, jokes that came out. I have like 20 minutes set on just my divorce jokes and marriage and some dating stuff. And I think 
that made it easier because to write the show, because I feel like I had some material going into it. I just had to, I had to go back in my own life to see how did I get to that? How did I get to that point? I think the other, you asked about challenges or the things that I learned along the way. I think too, just writing the show, not from the, not from a commercial standpoint, it was really a, a labor of love. I really wanted to share the way of looking at life and share the idea that it's about the journey back to who we've always been. So, you know, that you've got what it takes inside to handle whatever challenge you're going to face in the future. And I think we're drawn to teach the thing that we most need to learn. I always felt that. I'm sure I heard that from somewhere else, somewhere along the way. And I think that's why I wrote this show. It was it was really for me. And then as a as an expression of who I am, it was shared with others in that venue. And I think I learned a lot about what I'm capable of. I certainly learned a lot about what it takes to really be prepared to rehearse, to do all the things like a performer. Like there's no, oh, I forgot a line. There's no oh, I forgot to sell tickets. Like it's, you have a date, curtains going up, showtime. Doesn't matter what else is going on. It's showtime. And that mentality stuck with me after the show. You know, when COVID hit and it was like, oh, okay, well, there goes all my business. My plan was to take the show on the road in 2020. That didn't happen. And it was like, okay, well, now what? You know, now I'm writing a, my second book and I'm, I have a very short timeline and I go back and I think, all right, I need to have this book because I have an event that hired me as a keynote and they want books for everybody. So now I have a deadline and I actually spoke the book into existence. So I said, oh yeah, you know, my book will be out by then. And they're like, great, we'll take 300. And I'm like, perfect. And I was like, oh my God. All right. Well, I just sold 300 books to one that I haven't written yet. So let's start typing. (laughs) Exactly. But because I did that show, I literally did that whole show in three months. So now anytime something comes up in, for my, in my world and I'm just like, I wrote, produced and performed a one woman show in three months. I can do that. I can do this other thing. I will get that done. And now since I have learned the lessons, the joy of collaboration and everything I do now is much easier because I have other people help me. <laughs> serious. Like I'm like, it doesn't need to be a one woman show. Right. And that was maybe your biggest lesson from producing a one woman show is that it actually is never a one woman show. There's always people that you must lean on and get support from and help. And it does take total production team to put on anything in life. So here's a question. On that note, would you classify yourself as somebody before the show who was extremely independent and didn't really like to ask for help? Or was this something that you were already good at and just, you know, fine tune? Or was this a lesson for you, Merritt, of let's get some help? (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely a lone ranger beforehand. I've had my own business since 98. Even the sports I picked in school, you know, I was like, it was like tennis, ice skating was like everything that I did was alone. Mm -hmm. And I was always a hundred percent commissioned salesperson. So it was easy to be an entrepreneur because ever my whole life, I've never had a steady paycheck. Never, not once. Maybe in my days when I was in high school, you know, working at the mall, Robbins, yeah. that was about it. That wasn't steady either. My point is that it was very hard for me to delegate. 
you know, I definitely had that mindset of, you know, if you want it done right, do it yourself. And I'm not exactly sure what shifted it. I know the show definitely was part of that transformation for me because I really did. There's no way I could have done this without help. If you're performing a show, you can't direct yourself. I I Mm -hmm. suppose there are some that could, that was not me. You always need another set of eyeballs on what you're writing. And once I saw how much better something was through those collaboration efforts, I definitely collaborated a lot more on my business side. I hired a guy who I'm, I know I'm a good visionary. I'm not always good at the execution. I actually hired somebody to meet with me on a weekly basis and tell me I'm not allowed to do all of the great ideas I've had the previous week. (laughs) That is his job. And yeah, he does it very well. Like, Oh, great idea, Merritt. Not going to be able to do that now. Like we are not executing, we are not executing that in this quarter. So we're exactly, we're going to shelve that. And if you still feel equally inspired about that idea in three months from now, we'll have the conversation. That's exactly what he says to me every week. <laughs> wow. I need that job. Who can I help? With? What visionary out there needs somebody to level set them? I'm here for yes. it. Cool. So this really taught you some really important lessons about yourself too. And that not only you were sharing lessons with others, but you were getting lessons yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up and it's fun now. I think in terms of I have an experience now and I'm like, oh, I'm totally writing that into the next show. <laughs> like, oh, You're that's constantly mining for new material, aren't you? Oh, oh my gosh. New material is everywhere. It finds me. I don't have to go out looking for it. It's everywhere. That's so cool. Okay. So normally around this time of the episode, I always been like, okay, so now what? Tell us what's next. But you kind of <laughs> already did that for us. Uh, where you said that you are rewriting the show. It's going to be going out on tour at the end of 2023. Doesn't it feel weird saying that 2023? Like that? Yeah, just that'll, feels... that'll be crazy. Well, the end of 2022, then we'll kick off the tour. And I don't know yet where I'm, what cities I'm taking it to in 2023, okay. but that's what's happening. But is the intention of when you t- take it on tour is not just the show, but it's the workshop attached to the show too? Yes. Yeah. I'll probably do the workshop, you know, somewhere in Denver, Colorado is a great place to fly into. So it might be more of a a destination retreat experience somewhere in the mountains or something like that. Just a good venue that you would need to relax and have the kind of experiences. But I think anybody could come to participate in that in that retreat weekend, regardless of whether they had seen the show. But I think it would be more meaningful if they had seen the show. So I don't know. I don't know how that works out yet. I don't know, but somehow that's what will happen. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, check out the show notes for the details about the show because they are not ready as we are recording this, but they will likely be ready as we air this episode. So go check out their show notes uh, details for all of that fun stuff from Merit will probably be in there. Okay, so what suggestion or advice or inspiration or whatever label you want to put on it would you share with our listeners who are looking to lighten up their life a little bit? Like what, what are some of those tools that you now have because of your comedy school lessons that has helped you do the tragedy plus time equals comedy formulation? Like, 
how, what, a few things can you help them right now without going through the whole workshop, get them to the laughter a little bit sooner for some things going on in their life. I would just say this. One of the stories I tell in the show is a lesson that I learned from my dad. My dad asked me the same question my entire life, no matter what I told him couldn't be done. He always said, well, who chiseled that over the door? which I'm pretty sure was my dad's version of who carved that in stone, but he always liked to put his own little spin on it. I don't think my dad owned any chisels, so I don't know where that came from, but I would say if you got, if you did nothing else from listening to this conversation today, just write down that one question. And next time you hear yourself say, that's not possible. I could never do that. Ugh, I'll put that off to a rainy day. Just ask yourself who chiseled that over the door. Who said that can't be done? And just, you don't have to come up with an answer. Just ask the question and then see what happens because questions change outcomes. And that's many times what I am teaching my audiences when I'm hired by corporate or, you know, big association conferences and things like that. It's centered around the idea that questions change outcomes. So ask yourself the right questions and get better outcomes. Yeah, such a simple tool that we can all use. And then also writing, journaling, right? Write about your life. Yes. Yeah, I I write every day. I actually write twice a day. I have a 15 minute daily habit from business writing. I start my day and I don't even know what's on my mind or what my priorities are. Sometimes it's very business context and sometimes it's just what's on my mind that I need to clear out so I can be, have a productive day. And then at night it's like, what's on my mind personally before I drift off and where's my, where my fantasy is going. And I just love writing. So definitely journal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to probably find some gems in that brain dump or that unconscious there's a, there's a word for that exercise. It's called like, you know, conscious streaming or yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> We're making up the terms. But yeah, there's a lot of great nuggets that you probably will find in there. Okay. All right. Well, Merit, this has been such a fun conversation. I love hear, her hearing the story. If people want to find you, where do you like to hang out? What social platform is your favorite? Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more about the show? If there's like a YouTube video clip of this woman show they can catch, where can they find it? The hub for all things is MeritCon.com, N-E-R-I-T-K-A-H-N. On that site, you can find a, a promotion video about, you know, so see a little, a few clips from the show. I I hang out mostly on LinkedIn for businessy stuff. So connect with me there. And there's also some resources at MeritCon.com forward slash podcast, some different business resources, and you can get on the list. Those will be the first people to know about if the show is coming to your city. (laughs) Fun. Cool. All right. So thanks everybody for joining us today and hanging out with me and Merit and learning about her one woman show. And if you love this episode, give it a like, a share, don't forget to subscribe. And if you think somebody else will benefit from hearing about this story, please forward it over to them because it just may help them figure out their own now what? Merit, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It was such a pleasure. You did make me laugh. So that's always a good thing. And we will see everybody next week for another episode of I Just Blank. Now what? 
Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.